BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As well as simply fun kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. As part of the Erotic Awakenings uh, podcast network, it behooves me to let you know that uh, the Erotic Awakenings crew themselves, Dan and Don, are doing a Power Exchange Summit, uh, May 27th to 29th, uh, and it is in Columbus, Ohio. In case you're wondering what Power Exchange is, that seems like master, slave, dominant, submissive, owner, property, Gorian, taken in hand, or just something you've defined yourself. The focus of Power Exchange Summit is a power exchange relationships of any form, no matter what your style of power exchange is, you belong there. And uh, you can find out more about that at powerexchangesummit.org. And uh, in the meantime, I'm going to go right into the podcast that we just recorded with um, a bunch of people at the Philadelphia Guru. Hello, all you skibbies. This is Great Answer, and I'm coming to you live from the first ever Philadelphia Grew with a cast of thousands. Yay! Yay! Well, we'll fix that in post so it sounds like there's actually thousands of people here. Um, so uh, before we dive into the fun content that I have for you here, uh, I want to thank my sponsors, uh, which are Twisted View for this particular podcast, Twisted View, who makes reinforced jute rope. Uh, you can find out more about him at rope.twistedview.net and also Karma Rope, karmarope.com, which is the pay-what-you-can model of um, doing uh, selling rope, which he also, interestingly enough, uh, if you read my blog, I had a review of um, the hemp that uh, uh, S&M sells, the linen hemp in particular, he was kind of interested in, and I'll read that review in its entirety later on. But you should know that uh, actually the source, Twist S&M, I don't know why he did this because, I mean, he's kind of shooting himself in the foot. But he helped Karma Rope source the same rope so that the stuff that they are giving people, the linen hemp, if you order that, is the same kind of stuff that he sells. So um, it's really good stuff. Uh, the, the short version of my review is I really enjoyed it. Um, I wish I'd had walnuts tied in the end of it, and I wish that I had longer lengths both of which are easily fixable. So if you like uh, hemp and linen, you should definitely get it. All right, so thank you for KarmaRope.com. And also, my patrons, my patrons, who are where well, they went to patreon.com forward slash ropecast, they go in and every month they donate uh, somewhere between $1 to $25 uh, just to help keep the podcast going. Well, in this month, you didn't just help keep the podcast going. You also paid for the coffee for the Philadelphia Grew. For the office, for the meet and greet. So thank you, patrons, and uh, I, I really <laughs> thank you very much because I needed a coffee. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, some of your money going to help support the community the way it should. Now, we are going to be speaking today with actually a very old friend of mine, 
Uh, what did we decide? Seven years we've known each other? More like eight, nine, More like eight, maybe? something like something that? Like yeah, that. yeah. Um, it's been a while, and it's kind of, I feel kind of bad because you said that you kind of stepped out of the rope scene, and I wasn't aware of that. I always knew you as, you ran a, um, a, a rope group in New Jersey. Right. Uh, what was that called again? It was a Jersey Rope Experiment. Jersey Rope Experiment, which had some really great stuff come out of there. Yeah, uh, but we are not in uh, operations for, God, like... Three-ish years now, probably. I know, and I feel bad that yeah. I fell off of you. But you have—I've also known you as just a ring, a really awesome rigger. I've seen, enjoyed watching your scenes, oh, and you. uh, I think you know you, you, you performances on occasion, and it's—it's it's been really fun to watch you, um, you know, see the way you tie because you have this aggressive confidence, which shows <laughs> also in the fact that you have sort of self-appointed yourself as the nemesis of the group. <laughs> um, by running Grumblewood at, at the Ramble Grew and then having it again here. Oh, th- yeah, this was uh, a Grumblewood 2, um, Return of Grumblewood. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I want to say Nemesis is just sort of a joke that uh, that people took seriously, which I didn't intend them to. But you I know, know the feeling. Um, yeah, no, but it, it's been I, it's been fun. <laughs> I, I know the feeling. You know my joke about the nasal fisting right. apparently led right. to an actual discussion uh, <laughs> at the group, which kind of scary. Uh, tell me more about like what you where 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 are your rope roots? Where how are my you, rope roots? How um, did you get into rope? Um, I got into rope in, by basically um, I was uh, assisting as assisting a friend um, at a tattoo shop, and I sort of was always interested in. Um, Japanese style tattoos, and I came across a book that, um, I, like the the the, uh, the illustrator, it, it's it's a well known illustrator where I'm sure people will know exactly who I'm talking about without saying the name, which I can't remember and probably would butcher anyways. Um, but I saw a bunch of uh, illust- illustrations, drawings of um, of like full body tat- tattooed women that were tied up, and and I was just like. Wow, I didn't know I was into this. I didn't know I was kinky. And um, I was like, I wonder if I could do that someday. And uh, ended up that I could. So uh, that was sort of rope roots. And then it's just a lot of, um, luckily, I came along after the start of sort of the internet boom of people being able to connect uh, via kink, um, especially via rope. Um, So it was like a good time. So that's, you know. That kind of stuff? Um, no, it's more it's more like uh, actual drawings. Like, ah, okay. Like, like, yeah. We were looking at Miyabi Kyoto. Um, um it's, I think it's Azume is the, the name, but I, I don't want. to... Oh yeah, Azume. Yes. Okay, yes, yeah, yes, okay. So that was that was sort of a cool. <laughs> this, this is great for radio. You showed me a picture. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I can always fix it in post. Oh um, yes, of course. Everything gets fixed in post. On everything the is. Specific. I love it. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I uh, just you know I had the luck of running into a bunch of different people who were, were teaching and just sort of, uh, you know, took it from there and, you know, lots of events, lots of private lessons, lots of, you know, research, and, and uh, that's where I am now. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, and how often do you, uh, do you get to practice? I mean, do you have, like, a regular practice routine, or do you...? Uh, I honestly, um, I, I tied at the after grew last night, and that's probably the first time I tied in a few months. Um, uh, I th- as you said before, I've sort of uh, not been so kink-focused lately. Um, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, no, it, it's moved from a few times a month. I never tied 
every week. You know, I don't have a real, a real schedule, but it, it's turned from a few times a month to uh, sort of infrequently, which which hopefully you know in the future we'll get back to more often. It ebbs and flows. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, part of the reason I wanted to get you on the Ropecast is because yesterday there was a great long discussion. Hi, hi. Have a seat if you want, or we're part of the CNC. Oh, we are. We're about to. We're about to get into that kind okay. of thing, sort of thing. Um, and he said CNC, talking about consensual non-consent, That's right. which is what we were talking about. Now, admittedly, we're going to be talking more about the consent aspect of things and the scene. So mm-hmm. feel free to use the law of mobility and leave if you want to. Um, but uh, so we had a, there was a really long discussion about that uh, consensual non-consent play and stuff like that. And it was deliberately made a two hundred one level of things because people were tired of the, you know, it's like, you know, the old question of can can a feminist actually engage in BDSM? Mm. Well, that's a question that has been answered in a whole lot of classes, and a lot of people would like to get past that question and into the what does that look like? And same thing with this particular consensual non-consent class. They wanted to get past the is this allowable and more into the what are some of the things that happen when you do it and things like that. Um, And that to my mind, when you came in later on, mm. turned into a sort of a 201 level consent uh, situ- uh, consent discussion. Um, and in particular, you were bringing up, and I'm going to paraphrase, and I'm going to like, turn it over to you to, to drive. You were talking about the fact that you see um, people sort of seeing their friends when they are um, accused of, or even, you know, it's proven they were a consent violator, they give their friends a pass. Uh, so you're elaborate on that? Sure, sure. Um, I mean, I, I mean that's a, a pretty good synopsis of uh, sort of what I've seen in my time in the scene. Um, certain people that have uh, social clout via uh, or kink social clout via either being presenters or being organizers or just being good at a thing or having money so they could take people to parties. Um, when something comes up where there's a consent issue. Because uh, you know, I, I do. I did agree with your previous podcast that sometimes maybe consent violation is not the right word for it. But there's consent incidents, consent issues, um, sort of fuzzy consent where it's like playing a lot into a gray area, which is something that we talked about yesterday as well. Um, I've seen friends of, of people that have done these things um, sort of excuse it, and and sometimes even go as far as to try to talk over people who are bringing up that this is an issue or to discourage people mm-hmm. from cu- coming forward. Um, I, you know, I've, I've had some, I've heard of that happening to people. Um, and I think it's about time, you know, that uh, before we can sort of get into the part where we're talking about how there's, uh, you know, fuzzy issues or, or, or not, it's not just a uh, right or wrong or black and white issue with consent and, uh, you know, consensual non-consent, um, we have to talk a little bit about how the fact we have to stop giving our friends free passes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I'm sorry. Uh, you, and you, and mm-hmm. you brought up a very important way to do that, um, is to, to do that with your friends right. involving identity and, and Right, action. right, yeah, ex- exactly. Um, I, I think, you know, it's been said before by people smarter than me that, that um, uh, c- a consent... Being a consent violator or or causing consent issues is not the sole part of someone's identity, and and I think it's important. Um, and again, lots of people have said this previously before me, and maybe have not sort of been amplified. But I'm trying to amplify them um, in saying that there's a difference between um, uh, something happening 
uh, action taken by somebody and that person being that thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, a friend can have violated someone's consent and that doesn't mean that all they are is a consent violator. They just ha did an action that, you know, needs to be addressed. Right. And, I mean, there are some things that you are. I mean, if you, if sure. you rape someone, you sure. are a rapist. Sure. But um, just because you, there's a difference between being a serial consent violator and, and, and a consent violator, you know, or, or that it's the, uh, you are not what you do. I think the way I've heard a phrase was, you are not what you do, you are what you do repeatedly. Um, sure. In, in some cases. And I yeah. realize, yeah. you know, I, believe me, I know. I, I, I had a daughter and I'm a dad forever. So, you know, nothing I can do about that. Um, so the question is, um, how do you, do you think that the idea of um, uh, when people sit there and they say, oh, there's, there's no way that, that Mataleo could have done that. I've played with Mataleo a whole lot of times and he's never done that to me. Is that kind of an example of people giving them a pass? Sure, sure. I, I think so. I think that's one of the ways that it may um, manifest itself. Um, in, in, and that's just a simple fact of, you know, um, so your experience with somebody is not does not define all experiences everybody has right. with that person right. and 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 in you know in the same circumstance it could be if i have a you know not, you know if i'm using if you're using me as an example if i have a repeat behavior of doing one thing it might actually have been it might have crossed the line with one person and it might have not crossed the line with the second or the third person right even though maybe we didn't discuss or talk about that. Um, right. Or, you know, if my negotiation isn't, isn't up to point and it's not really great, um, it, I could have pushed a boundary with somebody and they really enjoyed it and it turned out super well. But then on the second person, you know, it's something that they're not, they're not happy about. And I, you know, it was a consent issue. We, went, we didn't talk about it and I, you know, and I or whoever this person is, you know, uh, did something outside of the boundaries of that person's consent. And, you know, five other examples of when I didn't do it doesn't excuse that one time I did. Right, I did. right, yeah. As well as one time or, you know, times of doing that doesn't mean, you know, I, other people can't have positive experiences so with it's me. the power of and. Kind sure. Of so um, let, let's say that, uh, that I, I'm your friend. I okay. mean, I am your friend. But oh, let's say I'm you. your friend. And I, and I see you. I, I hear that you are, you know, accused of a consent violation. I see you do something that I think is you... Uh, you know, crossing a line. Right. Okay. Um, how should I approach you in a way that's not going to, like, make you suddenly get all defensive or, or hate me or think, you know, I'm a traitor to our friendship? I mean, how do, you, how do you approach a friend and say, hey, I think you fucked up here? Well, I think that there's not one answer for that. Um, you know, okay, so how would you like to How, how would I like it? Um, I'd like someone to be straight up with me, honestly, and that's just how I feel. You know, if I do something inappropriate, I feel bad about it, and I, maybe I didn't know I did it, and I would feel bad about it. Um, so, you know, I would want somebody just to sort of take me to task with it because that's what I expect of someone who's truly my friend and not just going to pay our friendship lip service. Because mm -hmm. if, you know, I think, I think it... Um, I think that's something I said yesterday um, as well is I don't think that the people, I think the vast majority of the people that have consent incidents or, you know, someone may even, you know, classify as a predator, quote unquote, in the scene, don't think that they do that. I, I'm of the opinion that 
most people that at least you see out there don't think that they are a bad person or don't think that they are doing things that are are harmful. Um, you know, they may just be more concerned with what they're getting out of a situation than what the other person they're doing something with is. So I think, you know, if if people that are close that know, know people that, you know, have consent problems, have consent issues, if they're just sort of straightforward and say that this does, you know, I guess, I'm sorry, I'm rambling a little, a little bit, but, um, but, but, okay. back, but back to the fact that um, do you have, you know, creating, having an incident or having a problem with consent stuff does not mean there are not other positive things about you right. as a person. Right. Um, I think that's a good way to go about it. You know, if you say, you know, uh, listen, Joe, you know, I, I still, you know, like you or love you as a friend, depending on your relationship with them. And, you know, I want to think that you didn't do this on purpose, but this is what I saw and it makes me feel uncomfortable. And, you know, I think if, if you ended up having a conversation with, you know, why person that you were doing this with, it probably pushed them to a level they weren't comfortable with too. So here's a question for you. Sure. And this is, this is not quite so hypothetical. Oh. Let's say you see a friend do something in a teaching environment, mm-hmm. okay, and you see them set up this situation and it comes up and you can see totally where what they did could have led to a serious consent violation incident, mm. but it didn't. Okay, let's say that in that case, you know, uh, let's say they just randomly said, hey, I want two people from the audience. I'm not going to tell you what you're going to do, but I want you to come up here. And they come up there, and they says, okay, you can do what I tell you to do. And then he says, okay, now kiss each other. And they, they, they kiss each other, you know, they, and they, they haven't pre-negotiated that. And sure. This is a very light thing, but let's just... Sure, sure, sure. You can extrapolate what you want. How do you tell a person... I mean, do you think it's important to go up to the person and say, hey, that thing that you did, I know nothing happened, but I think you might want to be aware that something could have happened, or should you just sort of go, well, maybe they know... At what point do you step in, I guess is what I'm asking. Well, I, I For th- something that didn't even actually happen sure, that might sure. have. Well, well, I mean, in, in, your, in, your, you know, uh, in your example, it's not that... Some, I don't think it's appropriate to step in at that point and sort of, like, you know, stand up and kick over a chair while you're sitting in there and be Flip like... Flip a table! This, co- this could have potentially been a consent violation, even though it turned out okay. But I, I think... I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you put it like right, that. Right, right. But, but I, I, think, I think that it's important, uh, you know, in, in life to have feedback, especially if something didn't go wrong but could have gone wrong um Mm -hmm. you know if i i have as somebody who's been doing rope for a long time if it's somebody who i know and i see something that potentially could have been uh a harm to the to the bottom If if it's a rope top friend and they potentially could have harmed their bottom i have on times afterwards been like hey this all turned out okay but you know i noticed this one thing i noticed that your you know your upline looks a little bit frayed and you know just just check that next time maybe you know right. see that there's not a burr in it or you know maybe check that you know the the frame is actually going to you know withstand what you're wanting to do do on it because it turned out okay but in the future maybe it won't and i've had people do that to me and and you know i appreciate it you need some some feedback so I think it's important, also it's important, especially with consent issues, that not everybody is sort of super aware of these. Um, you know, if, if you're <laughs> active on like FetLife or active in the community for a long time, you probably are gonna see that this, this stuff, but people, especially brand new coming into the scene, um, the, the vanilla world has a whole different model of consent yes, than they the do. kink world oh does. My God. Not that we're better or not that we're not a yeah. you know, microcosm of the macrocosm, 
but um, there are different standards and there's different stuff. I, I think, have you I, said on your podcast that, that like, uh, uh, consent issues in mainstream movies are just being romantic? Yeah, I think pretty said much. That. Yeah, <laughs> right. Or um, uh, actually, Koda, who's the organizer, one of the organizers <laughs> of this uh, group, uh, was talking with me about the differences in uh, consent boundaries at uh, Playa de Fuego, uh, which is a burner event, sure. versus Kink. Right. You know, where, you know, it's a tradition that everybody who's new gets spanked. Not asked if they want to be spanked, they just get spanked. And, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different kind of thing. Um, one thing that this whole discussion that you, when we were having yesterday brought up to me was that um, along with the idea of not giving your friends a pass but understanding that, that just because they did it one thing, that thing needs to be addressed, but also they can still be the, your friend and stuff like that, was the realization that um, the opposite is also true, happily a lot more, well, hopefully a lot more rarely. But there are times when you have to look at someone who is a friend or is a teacher or a mentor and suddenly go, wow, that person is a serial violator or that person did do that horrible thing. And it's something you need to kind of... Uh, it's, it's very difficult to do because... What you are doing, if you acknowledge that, and this may be why people fight so hard to defend their friends, is because once you acknowledge that, when I was in that situation, I had to realize that while I had not been complicit in the, uh, the rape situation that happened, what I had done was I had recommended other people to go and play with him, mm-hmm. including my slave Naya, actually. And that by doing that, I was, you know, to some extent setting up other people to have consent violations. And it was very, making that leap in your head is a very difficult thing to accept. Um, And I think it's important in order to help differentiate between the mistakes or the people that can, and the predators that people are really worried about, um, that we have to understand that sometimes you have to say, yeah, you know what, this person is is wrong. and uh, the other thing I think that, and you can feel free to disagree with me on this because mm. I know, you know, feel free to grumble with this away. <laughs> um, okay. I think that one way that we could really, especially as riggers, um, help each other out in terms of helping solve these things is to remind each other not to get defensive. Um, we had a situation I'll talk more about later on in, in another podcast, but one of the difficult things in this situation was the person who was accused of something that, that it turned out was not true. It was a false accusation, or actually it was a case of mistaken identity. But anyway, the person who was accused of something, his, their first response was to be really fact-based, and it was sort of the way you would expect somebody who's setting up a straw man argument would start things. The thing was, they weren't trying to set up a straw man argument. They were just, they, were be, they felt being attacked, and they instantly responded by being aggressively defensive. And I think if we can get people, when we finally were able to get into more of a conversational tone, that's when things constructive happen. And if we can just get uh, people to stop reacting with this, and more of a, huh, you think I did that. Okay, tell me, tell me about more about that. You know, tell me what that is so we can get to the bottom of it. Sort of accepting the possibility that um, you may have done something that you didn't know about. Because uh, it's that defensive nature that really seems to throw up red flags and, and gets everything really hyped up to an extreme really fast. Do you, do you think it's true? Or? Um, I, I agree. I think that um, a lot of the, the aggressive nature on both sides as some, you know, uh, for people who feel like they have had um, their consent violated and the people who are defensive that um, may have been accused of something, um, I think that 
uh, sort of, I mean, I don't think you're trying to do it, but it, it, it's almost in a way a tone argument, um, which is the sort of that, you know, it doesn't really matter how you, how you uh, it doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong in the argument, it's, you know, uh, it's, you've, you've said it in a way that is not conducive, and this is something that um, I think the um, people that are sort of more uh, consent progressive, at least on, in terms of like FetLife, have run into often is, is the whole that, well, maybe you're right, but you need to be nicer about it. And mm -hmm. I think that, yes, that is something that in reality helps uh, an argument, but I think in order to have people that feel like their consent was violated get comfortable to a point about talking, quote unquote, rationally about these issues, especially when something has happened to them that makes them, that is a very emotionally draining and emotionally charged of, uh, incident or event, um, we need to start believing people, cons consent, uh, uh, people that have had their consent violated more. Um, and, and I think that, that you know, it's sort of a it's it's a, 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 a like a cyclical catch twenty two type situation mm -hmm. where it's like well people get defensive because they're getting you know uh, if, if like in your example where you know it's somebody that like after after the fact it was proven that this was a false accusation um, I'm going to again say I'm not sorry. false accusation I'm sorry it was a case of mistaken, mistaken identity, identity. Yeah. but it was something that the person yeah. accused was definitely not yes. guilty of right. Um, uh, I'm sorry, to, to get to a point where the, that person can be approached in a calm, rational manner, we need to get to the point where where more people that have had uh, consent incidents happen to them feel comfortable in approaching people in, in charge, people in power in a calm, rational manner about this thing mm -hmm. happened to me without assuming immediately they're going to be dismissed or immediately gaslighted or immediately have right. their... Um, the what, what's happening to them be immediately not be um, discredited by friends of the person right. accused of something. Right. The, so yeah. the Rashomon, the the way the way the Rashomon look at that is they say we will trust everyone until given a good re trust everyone's intentions until given a good reason not to, because it's entirely and this this is a good, a good case of it. It's entirely possible for one person to say I feel violated, another person to say. I didn't violate you, and both to be true, right. because it's about what was, you know, how a person feels is definitely can be respected, and that the person, or the person may say, well, I didn't mean to do that, that could also be entirely true. Mm -hmm. sure. um, and so it's, it is a matter of, and again, it's until given reason not to, and that's why I bring up the, sort of the tone argument, is that, I'll be honest, when the person went into sort of the fine details of, well, you know, tell me the exact thing, you know, this kind of detail, that's a... That is a sign of someone who is emotionally manipulating sure, so much. Sure. It doesn't mean that if you do that, you're emotionally manipulating, but it's something that emotional manipulators do. And so it tends to be, for people that are familiar with that kind of thing, it's something that you should go, huh, you're kind of being nitpicky on details here. I think I'm not going to maybe not be as, you know, like, this gives me reason to not be sure if I trust you. But on the other hand, when the person then stopped and said, hey, you know, let, let's talk about this here's why I think I am not the person you're talking about, and then brings, <laughs> shows an entire life story kind of thing. You're like, right. oh, okay, you're not that person. All right. Well, I, I think, I, so I think that what, what, that's a little easier. Sure, sure. I think that um, the thing is, uh, you know, in the Rashomon, in Ropecraft is a very sort of um, small 
um, controlled environment where you have people that um, uh, people are coming to to the uh, the event or coming to the Rashomon in themselves. I'm, I'm not sure how it was mm-hmm. dealt in rope craft with um, with a trust that this party is going to be neutral in talking about what mm-hmm. what happened and you are at this event so you're sort of trusting that the organizers are setting up people who are going to be neutral in that mm-hmm. um, and that's the problem in the general king community is is the I, peop- the, is, yep. the, is the mediators are not neutral they're yeah. not coming from a neutral point and and you know uh uh, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm very consent progressive and, and well, whatever that means. And uh, but when you come <laughs> I think to you just invented a word, sure, sure. When when you come to me, um, if someone comes to me, if I'm you know organizing something or I'm throwing a party or or you know I'm using my contacts to talk to people, and when someone comes to me with a consent issue, I am usually more on the I believe that this thing happened. While on the other side, there's people who are more like, well, you know, where's the police report? I'm I mean, you know, these are not the yeah, same yeah, the, examples. I know, I call those sure. the DNA or it didn't happen. Sure, kind of thing. sure. So here's the thing right. is that my, my again, I bring up is that you can you can believe that something happened. Sure. But, you you know, the, the idea that that one person's account is, is going to be the absolute be-all, end-all of what actually happened is, you know, something that has, is not logistically possible. You know, it's just it, that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you totally, you totally need to respect whoever's reporting it. Um, while at the same time, you also have to respect that there is likely more to the story. That's that's the purpose of the Rashomon is to find more of the story. I agree with you. The neutral neutrality is very difficult. Um, I look at the Rashomon as being kind of like uh, the uh, medical staff at an event. Okay, their job is not to solve things. And we I brought this up with sure. Hedwig actually. Yeah. Is that Hedwig was saying, well, I don't think that understanding is a solution. I'm like, no, it's not a solution by no means. All it is, a, a first aid responder at an event is designed to keep the person alive until they can get to a, a place where they can get the actual help. The Rashomon is designed to basically set the stage for a constructive solution that can be found at another time. Um, and so, yeah, I agree. It, it's difficult. Um, do you mind if I ask the studio audience oh, if they have any do. comments or yeah, questions sure. for any of Does anybody have any comments or questions? Yes. Do you mind I if I see? No. Can I see your name? Okay. Yeah. Ari? Um, my question and my concern is we were talking yesterday about the rock star rigor and also about presenters who are very well known, all these people who are on this pedestal. And when they perform or when they do a presentation, all these other people are watching them. New people, learning people, even people who are experienced are copying what they do. Do they have a greater responsibility to be more careful about consent and about safety? And is that fair to them? Or is that, if you look after, if you want to be that top presenter, do you take on that responsibility of having to be more careful of consent and also more careful about safety in general? I'm glad she asked you that question. Oh, God. Damn, I'm <laughs> on the spot now. Um, I, I think so. I think so. I think that, um, you know, if, like you said, somebody decided to do this and, you know, maybe they didn't, you know, some, uh, when, when you have social clout, um, you have to do stuff you didn't sign up for. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the end. Of, that's like sort of the end of the situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think in terms of consent, definitely. In terms of of safety, I think that's a super objective thing. It's, right. it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and then, yeah. And I think that that was what I, my thought was that um, consent and safety are two different things. Mm-hmm. Consent, absolutely, you should model it. I mean, like I, I take time. I've changed my things where I will talk in my class. I'll say, you know what? I will talk and sexually objectify my 
slave Naya because that's part of our thing. She has not negotiated that with you as the audience, so please don't do that. You know, that kind of thing. So, I'm, you know, that uh, just to kind of model that kind of consent. Um, but at the same time, in terms of safety, I think what you, ha what you have the responsibility to do is to let people know you are risk aware because we're going to show some shit that is not necessarily safe. Um, uh, yesterday in the uh, butt sex class, uh, Naya and I were talking about a particular activity that we do that some sex educators and some people would consider to be beyond the realm of their safe zone. Um, but we have accepted the risk. We take, take steps to mitigate the factors, and therefore we feel okay to do that. But by acknowledging it, by saying, you know, we're going to talk about this, here's what we acknowledge as the risk. I think we have that responsibility. Rather than just saying, hey, this is what we do, because then other people might do it and not understand the risk. And I, there's a, there's a, uh, a rigor, a very well-known person in London, I'm not dropping the name, and he has a discussion group that he runs completely on safety. And he also teaches a lot of online classes that you pay money for. Mm -hmm. But his safety class online is totally free because he's trying to say, I'm here and I'm at this level and I'm concerned about safety and I want to teach you what I know about gotcha. safety so that it's, a, you know, I you, acknowledge it as If you're, if you're being complimentary, you can mention the name if you want. Great answer. No. No, sorry, I'm not London. <laughs> I wish I was in London. S&M. Yeah, and we talked about them earlier yeah, with the yeah. row. So, yeah, excellent. And, um, okay, great. Any other questions or comments from anyone? Cool. Then I get to ask you the fun questions. Okay. Lightning round. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Um, favorite movie, I think, if I'm going funny, which thing comes to mind is uh, like Anchorman. Anchorman. Yeah. Okay. What's a, a good book you've read recently? A good book I've read recently. Um, I just started. Uh, it, it's a TV series on sci-fi right now called Magicians, which is sort of oh, like. Oh yes. It's like I, I, the, love, the series. Love I'm, something. I'm, the, I'm love love, yes, I'm loving it. On uh, I'm loving the 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 TV version, and I, and I just found out that it was it was a book too. So I'm just uh -huh. starting oh, it on, books, on audio book. The books are good. They're, yeah. they're like they're like an adult Harry Potter. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. it is. It's like like Harry, Harry Potter with a lot of fucking. Yep. Exactly. Can I say that real fast. <laughs> yeah. Good I stuff. Guess so. Yeah. Okay. You, you can say fuck all you want. <laughs> yes. Um, We'll edit it out in post. Ah. <laughs> um, so, what's your favorite? What's your beverage of choice? Uh, beverage of choice is probably uh, uh, bubble tea. Bubble yeah. tea. Okay. Yeah, my favorite is bubble tea. All right. Uh, favorite food? Uh, favorite food? Uh, any kind of pasta. I, I love it. Or potatoes. Uh, yes. Carb. Okay. Carb heavy loading. Cool. Um, <laughs> what's the most interesting toy you have in your toy bag? I literally do not have any toys in my toy bag. Besides, I, all I have in my toy bag is rope and. Rigging supply stuff. Okay, what kind of rope do you use? Um, Moco Jute. Moco Jute. Yeah. Yes, he has been a sponsor in this podcast too. Oh uh, yeah, Moco. he's great. Yeah, and uh, he's lucky enough to also happen to have a partner named Bimo, yeah. who was the recipient of the We Think You're Groovy Award here in Philadelphia. Yeah, Bimo and I are basically the same person. Really? Yeah. So we should just giving you the money. I, I I agree with that. <laughs> I always agree with people saying they should give me more money. <laughs> All right. So I can I have a magic wand. Yes. From the magicians. And I can wave it, and I can make anyone, past, present, future, um, fictional or real, appear, and they will want to play with you in whatever way you want to play. Who would you want me to have appear, and what would you do with them? Um, I, I don't think I want anybody to appear. I just like playing with the people I play with now. And um, I, I don't know, my wife. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Now I have to make sure she actually listens to the podcast. I was going to say, yeah. 
Wow, that's 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 serious husband points. No there. kidding, yeah. no kidding. Anything else would have been a fine jewelry offense. Yeah, <laughs> fine jewelry offense. Yes, maybe if I had the money for maybe if I had the money for being BMO, I could have bought her jewelry. <laughs> and, and the last question is, what is your favorite dirty word? Uh, fuck is good. Just fuck. Yeah, huh? just fuck. All right, no, let's fuck. Cool. All right, well, um, and how do people, if you want to, like, contact you and tell you how awesome you were on the Ropecast, how can they get in touch with you? Or do you not want them to get in touch with you? Um, no, people get in touch with me. It's fine. Uh, it's Mataleo on FetLife, M-A-T-L-E-A-O. Um, it's the same thing on Twitter, though I'm private there. And you'll probably, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll just see, like, cat pictures and goat pictures. Um, not much kinky, but, you know, uh, or, or me just being a snarky asshole because that's part of my thing. Cool. Well, thanks for talking to the Ropecast. Yeah, and come to uh, uh, Ramblegrew slash Grumblewood 3 uh, coming in September, right? Well, it'll be Grumblewood 3, Ramblegrew 2, September 24th. It's, yes. it's basically the same. And tickets are actually going on sale today, so yeah. ramblegrew.com. Yeah. Yay. Thank you, and thank you for the audience. <laughs> oh, we shall say, mmm, that's some good rope. All together now. Mmm, that's, that's some good, good rope.